Hello and welcome to the Celestial Podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that keeps almost saying the N-word. I am your host, Joey Morgan. Today I'm here with Brian, Brian Corgan, a.k.a. Briar Hardo 2. Brian. I'm also here with Jacob Licklider. Yeah, yeah I'm here, but Brian should be here. He should. <laughs> Off to a great start. And uh, Zach Rosenfeld. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. Brian, please tell me you're here. <laughs> Where did he go? <laughs> Brian! Brian! Uh, all right, whatever. I'll just wait for him to, to fix his shit. All right, he left for a second. All right, he'll be right back. So today we're talking about uh, the Big Finish main range, uh, uh, numbers 16 through 20, this being Storm Warning, Sword of Orion, The Stones of Venice, Minuet in Hell, and Lou Guru. Um, of course, spoilers, I guess, although I don't think we need to be too wary of that. Um and uh, oh, and of course, before we get into this, uh, we are starting up the next year Celestial podcast as normal. Um, of course, depending on where YouTube is at at the time, I don't know what's happening with Kappa right now. I'm not going to make any. I mean, I, I'm not going to make any final decisions on what's happening with this channel until the laws officially pass through um, on December 9th. So I will definitely make an update video about that when if it does happen. So. Uh, Let's get into this. All hi, right. ga- uh, hi, guys. I'm here. My internet crashed. You, mi- you, all you missed was basic intro shit, Brian. You're fine. Right. Did you introduce that I was here or something? I, did I did, did, and I did, and then you just didn't respond. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My internet crashed. Right, you're good, man. All right, so let's kick this off with our first story today. Uh, Storm warning by who the fuck wrote it? Alan Barnes. Alan Barnes, that's who wrote it. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, who'd like to begin? Me. Have... All right, go ahead. All right. So, storm warning is a uh, is a pretty decent one. It's um, it's it's basically a very tested Doctor Who formula. It's a historical event with mystery surrounding it, plus aliens equals boom Doctor Who story. It's, it plays it very safe, but it's also very effective, I think. And uh, it's a nice introduction to the series. And yeah, that, that's my short and concise thoughts on it. I think there's... um, I mean, you also uh, ignored the companion introduction in it. Uh, talking about Charlie, of course, you know, played by the wonderful India Fisher. I think she does a fantastic job in this. Um, Agreed. The, the story does a fantastic job of setting up, like, who Charlie is. A really great job of setting up her, her personality, most of all. We do... Um, and, and we learn, of course, that we're going to find out more about Charlie as the stories featuring her go along. But really, um, the story is here for Charlie's personality and really gets us behind who she's going to be as a character. And India Fisher plays it wonderfully. And I think it's a, and I think, and I think she's a good companion to introduce the Eighth Doctor with, especially, especially since they've set, they were setting him up in, in the very first scene of this as being, as being an adventurous romantic type. And Charlie, as we, as we could see from the start, when she disguises herself disguise herself as a boy just so she can just so she can travel to singapore i think i think that may i think that makes them play off each other very well not to mention yeah, that not to mention not not to mention of course megan and and fisher's chemistry which works oh really yeah well. yeah they do a marvelous job together um but uh but, but a big draw of this for me is uh is the historical setting i love i love the characters surrounding this like the um the characters and performances of course really sell it but also like 
the sound design really convinces me, which is weird um, for early Big Finish, especially like early Big Finish sound design is pretty basic, and this and this one does a great job of setting us on on, on the airship um, on I the R one one. I think this one might be the first one that they actually get it really fucking right with the sound design because I'm trying to think of Mutant Phase and other stuff that came before it, and you know a lot a lot of that stuff takes a bit of work to listen to and understand. While this one. This one doesn't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Jacob? Um, I, I'd also like to say that I think it's amazing that Big Finish's first two original companions weren't your standard girl, young woman from present day Earth. Yeah, yeah, that is something to really appreciate. Like, like, they, like I know, like, from my perspective, like, having thought about actually i think most of us can can speak from from experience with this like having thought about like oh how would we set up like a, a fan series of audios or, or any sort of fan series of adventures um you know we we'd, i think we'd all set up a sort of a, a pretty basic uh companion and then you t- i mean uh, hell but, I'm, I'm i'm working on one right now and i i just did fucking police officer from modern day earth so yeah yeah, I mean it's but but then you know of course you, you take Big Finish's first two companions Evelyn and, and Charlie for example, and they're so out of left field like like completely different from what you would expect of the standard companion, uh, and of course you know it's it it makes them it makes them stand out uh, among a lot of companions. And of course, this sets up uh, one of the first well, if discount discounting Ace, but the first time they ever the first time for well. <sighs> Sorry, I'm trying to rephrase this, but when they set up a companion to be to be a, to be a big plot device, but I think it works here for Charlie because they don't forget to make her a character. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Which um, is interesting because this is this is being released in parallel with the EDA books, where you kind of had a companion becoming a plot device, but that was all the character was. Yeah, what, and it, wait, what it not working wait, well. Fucking Jacob. Sam, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Well, what, what companion was in the EDAs at the time in 2001? I, I don't think it was Sam. By I that. think Sam I might think have left by this point. Said someone else, hmm. but yeah, I, I I know I know very little about the EDAs. Um, all right. So anyway, uh, what now? Uh, oh yeah, supporting cast. I wanted to bring that up. Love the supporting cast and characters. Who plays Lord Tamworth? Because I love him. Uh, he's amazing. Tamworth. He's amazing. That was a. He's the best. Char- he's the best supporting character in this. He is just. No, he's just I, so I don't agree with that because fucking Rathbone is awesome and I love. Rath- Rath- okay. Rath- Rathbone's my li- favorite, but but Tamworth I'm is good. Like Thomas. I'm a little iffy on Rathbone just because of his really bad South African accent. Uh, I st- I still like the character. That, I don't that's care. part of but... what makes. That's part yeah. of what makes the character for me, though. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculous and fun. I guess and it's, I guess it's just because I have South African. My family, my dad's side, side is South African. I'm used to hearing the accent, and it just felt a bit off for me. Oh, but... He's, played, he's played by Barnaby Edwards, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, okay, doll. I, I wouldn't doubt that the accent is almost intentionally bad, because he is an absolute caricature um, and really yeah. fun to listen to. And he gets like one of the best scenes at the end because he's the one that um that uh that tri- that tries to fight the Vortazor, right? Yeah, he. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one who just goes up and, and, try, and, and they try to use look, him. In, and they try to use him in their plan. 
Look, yeah. Joey, it's not even that. He just goes up and shoots the entire fucking McDonald's up, you know? He, he doesn't really give a shit. He just, he just, he just goes, he unloads, he goes. Warning, warning, dear listener. Brian isn't accurately describing anything that happens in Storm Warning. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. That's, exa- <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened when I listened to it. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, um, let's see. What else? Anything else to bring up with Storm Warning? Um, oh, right, the main the main villains. Um, those guys, the Triskeli. The Triskeli. The Triskeli. Uh, I don't Charlie. like Charlie! They're fucking annoying. I don't yeah, like them. Yeah, I agree. That, that is kind of a they're like the weakest. This. They're like the weakest bit of the story. So basically, we have a, we have a thing where it's like the first half is really, really good because there's a bunch of mystery built up. And then the second half kind of falls flat because the Triskeli are terrible. Oh, and something wants to, something wants to talk about. I think I think the very first scene with the Eighth Doctor really set really sets him up as a really sets him up as a character. Yeah. It, takes, it takes we it take it takes the character that we left off to, left off in the TV movie and just well it familiarizes it familiarizes him perfectly for him. You, you you can see well the stuff that he has that he's looking around in his TARDIS, the type of the type of man he is, and he's probably had a whole bunch of adventures at this point. And it sets and it sets up the type of guy we'll be seeing in these next stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do like that. Sets the tone for in his eighth Doctor stories. And um, it's a very um so, sorry. You, you go ahead, Jacob. I'll, I'll say. Well, what, and, I'll say and what, it's what, the tone that just sort of remains consistent. I think all the way up, really, until Dark Eyes. Yeah. Mm. When he... I, uh, I'm gonna disagree. I'm, no. I'm, I'm gonna, I, no, I'm gonna, no, no, I'm no. Gonna, I'd say no. it. I'd say it. Goes, he, he, I, gets, say... he gets really salty towards the end of the Charlie stuff and continues to be salty into yeah. Lucy Miller. I'd so. say I'd say he I'd say he I'd say he's a grace is where all that stuff began. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Well, I mean I don't think it's it's where all like his, his edginess began, but it certainly takes away the tone of that that storm warning sets up for, for all of his adventures, like divergent arc. And even once we're out of the divergent arc, he still kind of stays in that, in that sort of like on edge, not quite, not quite as relaxed as we saw him again. Which can, can we just, can we just say that that is some fucking beautiful development for him right there? The fact that something fucked him up so bad that even after so long, he's, he's still a little, he's still a little edgy. Yeah. I do like, I do like that. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the late Charlie era, like post-divergent. I don't know. I, I quite enjoy it. Um, I think it's a mixed bag, but we'll get into that later. Uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, ratings out of 10 for Storm Warning. Jacob? Uh, I'd probably... Okay. <laughs> uh, <he's... laughs> Jacob, on our end, that was, that was, I'd probably, stop. (laughs) I'd probably give it an eight. I'd agree with that. I'd give it an eight. Zach? Eight. 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 All right. Hey, oh my God. Finally, a fucking rating we agree on. (laughs) Did we all just agree on something? We did. (laughs) I think we did. Right. Citation needed. See, see last episode of Celestial Podcast where Brian, where Brian's an edge lord and just can't agree with everyone. 
All right, here we go. This is the controversial one. Here we go. Sword of Orion by Nicholas Briggs. Brian, I know you you started the last one, but I really want you to start this one because I love hearing you talk about Sword of Orion. (laughs) All right, Sword of Orion. Where do I fucking start? It is so shit. I hate it so much. It is like one of the worst Cyberman stories out there. I like genu I genuinely fucking despise it. It is so boring. Like, what a way to intro- reintroduce the Cybermen. Fucking not. Are you kidding me? The- oh, dude. Dude, it makes me so sad that what? Was this 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 was the first Cyberman story they did, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And what, oh. an, and what an intro. Oh no. my god. Like so it, fucking boring. So, so what what they were trying to do was basically do a base under siege, it, like Trouton style with Cybermen. But it does. But because Nicholas Briggs, as much as I love the man, sometimes he he can't he can't write for certain certain formats. It it falls really flat. The Cybermen aren't threatening. In fact, they take a re- a really big fucking background role in the story, and the crew members are shit, and I hate them all. Like the and performances are, are fine, like, but no, but I don't like anybody in this story. Story, even Char, <laughs> even Charlie and the Doctor fucking suck here. It but all, Barnab- it's, but Barnaby Edward- Edwards is back in this one again. <laughs> good for him. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, Perfor- performance level, that's all good. But ev- like the way it's written is just so shit. I'm sorry. I, I think okay, I fucking I, I don't that like fucking. It. Plot and that fucking predictable as hell plot twist that they were trying to make seem shocking. Oh, she she knows all about this. She knows all about these thingies. She knows all about them. Is she an android? Yes, she's an android. So, okay, I got I gotta be real. Like, I kind of think you guys are exaggerating sort of Orion shitness. Like, it's it's not great. It, it really isn't. But like, I don't know. I it, it's one of those few Doctor Who stories where I kind of like the space soldiers, the generic space soldiers in it. Um, typically it's it's a it's a plot element in Doctor Who that I don't like a lot, but I do I do enjoy their characters, um, and also but, Mark Gatiss Mark, Ga- Mark Gatiss being the one best, of them. Is I think the best thing to come out I think the best thing to come out Sword of Orion is the Cyberman spinoff. Yeah, I, I agree heard, with that. I haven't the heard Cyberman, the Cyberman spin-off, spinoff is really fucking well. Joey, let me explain it for you. Imagine if it if you had Terminator set in the Doctor Who universe and there's Cybermen. That's basically Cyberman, and it's fucking great. Is it? It's not the same crew from this one, is it? Like, it's no, not the same characters. No, 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 no. It's it's just mainly it's just, because all the characters in this one f- are fucking dead. It's just developing well, the whole all android them. Cyberman okay. war. Okay, cool. So anyway, um, uh, so w- when you said that the Doctor and Charlie are shit in this, Brian, were, were you referring to their performances or how they're written? How they're written, like it's just uh... which that might be held over from the fact that this was originally an audiovisual story. That's true. It That's sucks true. as an audiovisual story too, because I've listened to that and it was still terrible. It's always sucked. It forever sucks. It was never good. I'm <sighs> look. Well, it's not I, good. It and it's, help, it's, I think that it's... Finish kind of overhyped this on their website for the longest time. Oh, they still overhyped. They it. still are. They still yeah. are. I keep. They, the, the, to this, this day, was, this was still calling this the greatest. Cy- they still calling this one of the greatest Cyberman stories ever, just because it was the first Eighth Doctor story with Cybermen in it. Like, even then, the comics did it first. But like, they. Yeah, but, I mean, on audio. Yeah, but 
I remember this was my first Eighth Doctor audio, actually. This is the first one I listened to, because B- the Big Finish website overhyped this one so much for me. They're just like, this is going to be on sale here. Like, it was already it was already three pounds at that point, and they and they had marked it down. And I was like, oh, all right, fine, I'll, I'll take it if you think it's really that good. <laughs> and I just and, remember and like, that, it, that it fucking wasn't, wasn't. Well, I remember it, I remember it, it took me a I gave, I gave I up on this. It wasn't really that long. good, Joey, was it? I remember it took me a really long time to get through. <laughs> like I was listening to other, I was listening to other stuff in between because I was just like, wow, I cannot bring myself to come back to this one. Um, it's just, you know, it's not why horrible. Is, it's biggest, the, it's biggest crime. That... Brian, wait, it's biggest crime is it's boring. Um, and if it wasn't for that, like I think, if if it was shorter, maybe if you tighten the plot a bit, it could work. Two, maybe three part story, it could work just fine. But uh, I think it's so artificially stretched that this there's one just is... so. Chill. It is really fucking long, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. it's like two hours and forty minutes. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what? It doesn't need to be that long. It's yeah, yeah. Why? I, I gave up on this story the first time. The first time I listened to it, when I, I the first time I, I literally just put it down and said fuck this, and only came back to it months later when I was going through the when I was going through all the Eighth Doctor stuff, and I still hated it then, and I still hate it now. I don't like. I don't like hate it with a burning passion, but. It 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 is pretty fucking garbo. <laughs> garbo. So Jacob, you haven't given any strong opinions on this one. <laughs> I I think it's part of the problem is it's also just kind of generic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It it is yeah it it doesn't really offer anything new. I, I mean, it tries to with the whole android thing, but I mean that's towards the end of the story. They save it till later when really. Two-part story. You end it with the cliffhanger of the Android reveal, and then you take the second part to tell the rest of your story. It does not need to be as long as it is. Yeah, uh, I'd also argue the, like the Android plotline could do interesting parallels with the Cybermen. It does in Cyberman. A lot better. It's done a lot better in Cyberman. Have you heard Cyberman, Jacob? I have not. Jacob, I feel like it's all on boat. Spotify. It's all on Spotify if you want to listen to it. It's all free. Oh no, I, I own it. I own it. I just have never gotten around to listening to it. Also, the complete collection is really cheap on on, on the Big Finish website. They have both series one and two in like one set. Yeah. Um, they're like getting anyway. rid of. It's part of the warehouse sale. They're so, like, they're so, like trying to phase it out. So yeah. so he, so here here's here's the consensus on this from people who have listened to Cyberman. Don't pick up sort of Orion. Pick up Cyberman series one and two because one you'll regret and one you'll love to bits. Mm-hmm. D- 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 but do you need sort of Orion to understand Cyberman? Not really. No, no. They pretty much set things up anyway in Cyberman. You can and you can gather it and you can gather around what's going on quite easily. There's a there's a there's a war going on with Cybermen and androids and so and so on and so forth and they and political stuff. But you, you'll it's easy to pick up. Okay. All right, so ratings out of ten for Sword of Orion, Zach. Um, I'll give this one a th- I'll give this one a four out of ten. The four just being for the performances and some sound design. All right, uh, Brian. I'm gonna be less generous and give it a fucking three. God damn it, Jacob. <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna be the kindest because it's not that bad. It's just not that great. I'm gonna give it a five. I'd agree with that. I'd give it a five. All right, y'all are insane. I mean, it's I, I just think it's pretty average. Five is a pretty neutral score. I don't know. I, I, 
Mm. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Uh, let us move on to the Stones of Venice by the wonderful Paul Mars. I Who love like this one. Brian, you start. Brian, you started the last two. I'm letting Zach start this one. All right. Okay. This one. This one I actually. Re- this one I actually really enjoyed. I th- and I think this was actually the first one. This is actually the first one Paul McGann and India Fisher actually recorded. And did, oh, oh, was it really? Yeah, this was the first one they did. Oh, nice. And and I re- I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the chem. I really enjoyed the ca- the chemistry of the of the of the Doctor and Charlie and the and the whole romantic set and the whole romantic setting. I think really fit well fit really fit well for them. There's mem there's memorable supporting cast. They. They're all they're all pretty likable and dis and dislikable, but for but for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's gen it's it was it's generally a re, it's generally really generally a pretty nice listen. Though I though I will say retroactively, they because Big Finish do similar kinds of stories later in their later in their lineup. It is hindered a bit by that, but overall, I actually I really do like I really do like this one. I agree. I mean, I think. I I remember really enjoying this one a lot more than I do now when I first listened to it, but also I didn't have as much Big Finish experience back then. And I think just having more Big Finish experience has kind of hindered my enjoyment of Stones of Venice over time, because there are a lot of stories like this one. And I know know we kind of ragged on sort of Orion uh, just now for being pretty standard, but... I don't know, I, I think Stones of Venice is more standard, but at the same time Stones of Venice is more competent. If that makes any sense, I'd argue yeah. Stones of Venice stands out just by its style. Um, it's something about Paul Mars's writing style where I don't want to use—I don't want to say it's a fairy tale, but it's—it's it's very much not telling your typical type. It's—it's it's telling it's—it's it's telling sort of a typical Doctor Who story, but in a very atypical way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something that Mars yeah. does excellently. Um, one, you have this, it's future Venice, like, far future Venice. Um, like, and it's gonna, and there's like a curse, there's this whole curse, and you have this duke who's like lost his love, um, and is, and this, uh, larger than life elderly woman character who turns out, of course, uh, to be the, uh, lost love, um, Hey, the Duke we, is the Duke is played by uh, Mark Gatiss, right? No, the Duke is played by Michael Sheard. Oh, uh, that's right. Okay, I remember Mark, Mark Gatiss, Gatiss plays one. Vincenzo the priest. Oh, that is correct. Okay, yes. yep, yep, yep. Hang on, let me look up the cast. Oh, Barnab- my- <laughs> fucking Barnaby Edwards is, is in this one too. <laughs> Who does he play? Yeah. Uh, Rigsy's buddy. He is uh, uh, Pietro. Ah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it, it, the, gond- the gondolier it, it, guy. Early big finishes. Barnaby Edwards is in the next one too. God damn it! <laughs> if I may, the early big finishes oh, like a repertory he's company. He's in Lou Guru. He's in all five fucking stories. <laughs> but remember, the, the, this is the days when Big Finish was kind of like a repertory company, where you just sort of you you had a set stable group of actors. Yeah, Brian. Why are you in all of our adaptations? Get a, go away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> Be like Zach, who misses one because he's, he, he's out of the country. I mean, also Zach only skipped one. He's been in every single other one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, oh <laughs> shit! Yeah. I'm sorry. I totally dragged us off course with that one. Anyway, anyway, because anyway, gonna... I have a couple more oh, points to make. Okay. 
Because um, I genuinely, I genuinely adore this one. Um, See, I don't adore. It. I remember I used to think this was the best of of the first series of Eighth Doctor stuff. But again, less big finish experience is is more kind to the story than anything else. Um, no, but like it's just you. You also you have sort of you know you have Charlie kind basically kind of being put into these cult shenanigans where none of it like. None of it, if you really think about it, makes sense. But something about the script just kind of sells it. It's yeah, it's certainly handled better than it is in the next one. But we'll get to that later. I mean, the entire story is is really a testament to Paul Mars's writing. Like, if I were to like like show a pretty entry level Paul Mars story, because Paul Mars can be pretty reliant on continuity at certain times, um, this would this would definitely be like the Paul Mars story that I give to any give to any just random person to be like, hey, this is a really good Doctor yeah. Who writer that I like. Listen to this story. Um, and like I said, it's very competent, but. Hmm. At the same time, nothing about it, not, not too much about it, really stands out to me, I think. I, I have a thing you guys may have skipped over a little. Because I, I've listened to this one a lot, because it's one of my favorites. Just one of my favorites, period. I love it to bits. Um, the fucking imagery, the way, the way Mars writes it in and portrays it through the dialogue is really subtle, but also really fucking clever. Because, like... I don't know. You get you get lines early on in the story where the where Charlie describes the decaying fucking Venice around them as a gothic nightmare. The doctor's saying that what Estella is riddled in mildew, just like the buildings and walls around them, and it it's just a way of setting up the setting, you know in the dialogue without directly stating that oh look doctor it's it it's it's fucking terrible it like it's in a dilapidated state uh, i just i just really appreciate that it's re- it's really nice and uh, it holds it it's, it's a testament to how well a writer for audio paul mars can be that's true and also like and, yeah. and you bring up like his description of things and you know just it, it, and using it in a natural character dialogue, you know, it it it's also a testament to his prose. I think, you know, it 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 shows why why he was such a hit with fans when he first started writing novels and why he remains to be a hit. Because like, like anybody, anybody inter- can write interesting, extra- making something interesting and fun out of out of a out of a out of a fairly out out there gimmick like well, was, as you see later, glam rock. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, and he, but but he still but he still keeps the heart of it, which is which is also why the story works. What really sells it I me just, is I just feel like the, the eighth. I feel like the eighth Doctor fits into this setting really well too. Like if you if you were to choose a perfect setting for the eighth Doctor to go fucking visit, this is it. Like this 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 setting bounces off of his character really Fuck. well. I... You know, now that you bring that up, yeah, definitely, because... Which is weird, because it was originally he, he, written to be a fourth Doctor story. It's it's finding beauty in but a Tom tragic Baker situation. Said, but Tom Baker said no, I assume. Yeah, no. Oh, this, this, this was the script. That, this was one of the scripts they sent to Tom Baker to be like, hey, do you want to do these audios? <laughs> I can kind of like, see... Ah, no. I can see... Hello, Luke Romana. It is, it is that... It is the... Dead wife. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it is kind of a 
uh, a fourth Doctor Romana two story. Also, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Also, the music in this story, I have to wag over it because it's Russell Stone. No, it's God, not. I hate, I hate you. Bro. Yeah, it is. Is it? I don't. It's Russell Stone. No, it's Andy Hardwick. Yeah, no. music Andy Hardwick. I'm looking at it right now. No, it isn't because I've got Brian. This... Brian, it says right on the production what? credits, Andy Hardwick. Well, that's that's a little fucking weird because it says on the music CD that it's Russell Stone. I just got confused by the word stone. Okay then. Well, Russell I'm... Stones of Venice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, music. Russell Russell Stones of Venice. Music for this one's really fucking fun, and I love it to little pieces. So that's that's. That's 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 a plus. And one of my one one of my favorite cliffhangers for the Eighth Doctor comes from this story too, where basically all hell is breaking loose as a a, a bell tolls and the Doctor just goes. The bell chimes for the death of Venice, and you get the closing sting. So that's awesome. Woo! Yes. All we didn't right. talk about the fact that this this set of stories has the first original Big Finish theme. Oh yeah, yes, Bro, yes. One of the best big finish themes I from think da- from David Arnold, and it is, and to me, it's the definitive Eighth Doctor theme. Sorry, sorry, John Debney. I'd agree with that. I agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Although I do like the TV movie uh, theme. Yeah. Anyway, David Ar- right. David Arnold composes it, and he does it, and it's changed. And at this point, I think they, he made it sound more like the D.D. Derbyshire version with, with more swishes and such, but uh, which, uh, which, which, later, which later went away, but still very good. Anyway, moving on. All right, so uh, ratings out of 10 for The Stones of Venice. Brian? Uh, because I'm way too nice to it and I love it way too much, I'm going to give it a 9. Jesus. All right, Jacob? <laughs> I also give it a 9. Oh my god, Zach. And I'm also giving it a 9. Wow, I'm gonna seem like an ass when I say 7. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I'm the edgy contrarian Morgan today. Hey, we've only agreed on one thing today, so I mean... It, I, and, and, that's, and that's more than most Celestial podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy Joey's the fucking cunt right now. <laughs> I, hey, I did it for one. I did it for one. All right. <laughs> now, uh, moving, moving on to Here number 19 in the main range. Minuet in Hell by Gary Russell and Alan W. Lear. Excuse me while I throw up. So, okay, you know, Jacob, you start. I want some positivity This, this story is better than Sword of Orion. Yes. Bullshit. Yes. Bullshit. It's better than Stones of Venice. Fight me. Bullshit. Okay, it's not better than Stones of Venice. That that, that yeah is... yeah that that, 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 yeah. One's, that that one's me being too positive. But I but I still hold by that. I, I still think it's better than. Stones yeah, that that is. I'm maybe gonna let as, you guys talk. Maybe it's not. Out, maybe it's not as boring as Sword of Orion, but it's still pretty awful. No, if this is, I. It's so much fun. It's so it is, much fun it to is listen a to. Lot of fun. I have, have such this... a great time listening to this one. <laughs> Literally, the Brigadier is what saves this one for me. Well, yeah, he's great at it all, but I mean, come on, like... <laughs> you also have, like, these... In- like, all the characters are these complete and utter caricatures. I know, just... I love it so much! And it's of of just, like, of just the uber 
it, it, it really captures something very, very American. With hello, with... Becky Lee. Hello, it's Granddaddy. Such... Hey, Becky Lee. I love it so. <laughs> It's so much fun. And also, there's a fucking cult for some reason. I love it. <laughs> cult controlling the government of the 51st state. Oh, say that God. name. <laughs> say <laughs> that name and let it ring. Malabolgia. 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 What are you doing? Which is what are you doing, Governor Frobisher? Yeah, it's Robert Jazak <laughs> playing. It's Robert Jazak playing that guy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And also, so why? And also, like the cover doesn't betray what this story is. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. It's out there. I love the cover so much because it's like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? It's an insane ride from beginning to end, and I adore it so much. Well, well, and you also you just you you have a lot of a lot of deep. You have genuinely some some pretty deep theming about just uh, like religion. You have. You have the state called Malabolgia, which comes from Dante's Inferno. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. Like, okay. Now, to, now to the bits that I hate. I hate the way Charlie is portrayed in this. I, I hate the fact they went to did, and I hate the fact that they went to did an Eighth Doctor amnesia story again. I don't like I was, the Doctor Amnesia story, but I I, kind of I don't know. I like thing about this. Like I hate that N- Nicholas Briggs is doing is 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 the fucking doctor for a lot of this story. That pisses me off. I I like I, I really don't like. I do I, I do like that. I, I oh man. Uh, I really, oh. Um, Coming I, uh, soon from Big Finish Productions. I mean, even the, more the, of me. The. The accent, the accents are hilarious, but the like that's not enough for the story to be fun for me. Yes, but it is. It's it's so, it's so enough. They're they're it's no it's no more ridiculous than the gunfighter. Can, can we also just mention how this is the longest one out of all of them? Like this one is so goddamn long, and it, it runs so good, and it, and it runs <laughs> right. in circles, and it's so uninteresting to listen to. I kind of hate it with a burning I, passion. I mean, I hate, I hate the, I hate what they, how they treated, how they treated Charlie and this, how they basically, how they, no, 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 not, not basically, they did make her a prostitute just because I guess someone at Big Finish was really fucking horny that day. It wasn't Very even, it wasn't, hold on, it wasn't even at Big Finish because this is, this is another, another audio. Another, another you'll no, audio you'll notice one, yeah. you'll notice there's a pattern here with really shit stories and then being based <laughs> on audio visuals ones, you know. But, but 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 Brian, but Brian, your God wrote this. He wrote it with someone uh, else. What do you have to? And he, no, that that's no excuse. The, the prostitute plotline was a Gary Russell thing. You know, you've experienced enough Gary Russell shit to yeah. know that Charlie being a prostitute in this is a Gary Russell it's idea. Definitely a Gary Russell <laughs> idea. Definitely. And and speak and speaking of Gary Russell, the whole the whole the whole obligatory, and then the Doctor saw Evelyn, all of them. He saw Susan, Ian, Barbara. Name all the companions, cause continuity. There, there's a scene exactly like that in the book Big Bang Generation, where the Doctor yes, starts exactly. to like, go back. It's, and it's, it's so Gary fucking it's, sandwich. It's I much, love it's Gary Russell, but I hate Gary much, Russell at the same time. Much, look, look, I love much Gary, Gary Russell, but I, ne- I never said that all of his stories are fucking hits, okay? 
but Brian, he is your god. He is my the god, hero. but even even <laughs> gods make mistakes sometimes, as the Greek myths will tell you. Literally, the very best thing in this story is Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier. He is and, great in this. I I love the scene where he where he finds out that um that Paul McGann's the Doctor. I love that scene so much. You and I, I, I feel I feel robbed actually. I feel robbed what? because like. I really wanted an eighth Doctor and Brigadier story, and that literally doesn't happen until the very end. And it's, it's re- like I think, I think, but I think it's rewarding, though. I think that um, I but think sadly, that this is also the only, but sadly, this is also the only time ever where the eighth Doctor and the Brigadier meet up. I'm not counting Zagreus because that wasn't really the Brig. Fair, fair. It's 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 also very weird because of the. I think it's because just partially because of the Hazeman and Lincoln estate on the brigadier they're kind of protective of the character yeah. <laughs> they'd only let big finish use nick courtney if it was this story they read through the story they're like this is the one that nick courtney has to be in <laughs> well he was also inspector of lanyon moore <laughs> which was which was good so yes and also okay brian this is no more ridiculous. It's more ridiculous actually than inspector of lanyon moore but like i don't oh, like you- specter of lanyon moore either and you're wrong about that, too. You're just a cuck. You know it. <laughs> All right. And there's... What's up? I, will ad- I will admit that this... I will admit, as much as I don't like this story, it's kind of a guilt... It's kind- I can kind of laugh at it. That's See? Much. See, Zach's got the right idea, Brian. I can kind of laugh it's... at it in the same way I can laugh at, same way I can laugh at the room. But I still think this is infuriating. I still think part the bits that are infuriating are infuriating. Uh, see, while there are parts of the story that are really shit, I, mm, I don't, I don't think any of it's infuriating. Like, like it's just like, oh, okay, well that's the thing. Like Charlie's a prostitute, whatever. That's 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 a bad plot point. But like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of swept up in, the, in how fun the rest of the story is to listen to for me, at least. The story um, just isn't fun for me. Sounds like you need to re-listen. I've re-listened to it four times, Joey! That's not enough, Brian. (laughs) I do not want to listen to this again. (laughs) Um, I'm literally about to hang myself if I listen to it again. That's that's... Fun fun fact, part one of the story was voted the most popular episode of 2001. Yes, as as it should be. What what the fuck were you people thinking in 2001? Are you kidding me? What the hell is wrong with you? Probably probably jerking off to the imaginary image of India Fisher in a prostitute's outfit. That's, uh, you know, that's probably true. (laughs) Brian, how many times have you listened to that clip of Dylan making fun of you? (laughs) Citation needed. See last episode. Um, well, how about now? Now the worst story of all: minuet in hell bent. <laughs> oh, oh no! I don't want that. <laughs> no, but when you just do, when you just do, you just do hell bent, but with shitty American accents. <laughs> when the twelfth Doctor forgets forgets Clara at the end at the end of uh, hell bent, he just turns into Palm again because it's an it's an amnesia story. And a shield is a prostitute for some reason. Yep, yep, she comes out in a French maid's outfit. Anyway. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck everything. All right. Ratings out of 10 for Minuet in Hell. Uh, uh, Jacob? Uh, I give it a 7. 
I agree with that. I give it a seven. Hell yeah, Brian. <laughs> Fucking two. Got three. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right. I, I really the... like the next one. Dude, I, I, really, I don't. I, I, I really I, like the next one, too. I fucking hate the next one. Here we go. Lugaroo by Mark Platt. This is the worst Mark Platt story. Bullshit. It is the worst one. The worst I, Mark Platt story is I, Ghost Flight. I, I, no, no, no. no. The worst no. one was Skull of Sobek. Okay, can someone this, go and murder Brian, please? This, <laughs> this and he used Skull of Sobek. the name of Ghost Flight. This and Skull of Sobek are the are the are two stories that sully the good name of Mark Platt. But this one even more so because this one's at least this one's really fucking long too. <laughs> like at, at least Skull of Sobek's only 45 oh, minutes and I it's pretty forgiving. <sighs> Fine, explain why you like it, Brian. Go ahead. I really like what it does with the doctor and I really like what it does with Turtlow. It's and, really thematic. It, it is this really thematic story, much like Ghostlight. And I, 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 I like the fact that they go back to the actual werewolf myth instead of just being like, oh yeah, it's aliens, because Peter Stubb is the main villain in this. And, and, that, he's an actual, and he was an actual historical figure. Yeah, he was. And yeah, so it, I don't know. I just think it's really nicely put together, and I like it a lot. The, the train setting for a lot of it really helps it to limit makes it I like Doctor Who stories that are enclosed in a space like that and uh, so do so do I but also really like cool. I hate but I hate when a story tries to set up the enclosed look the enclosed like confined location and then still does an outside story anyway like it, it, it doesn't really count for me if you just do the enclosed location for only a portion of the story. Yeah, which yeah. may which may also be part of, part of my bother with it. Like, just like, okay, you had a really good like, you had a really good idea here with the enclosed location, and you had some really good character pieces there. But then you step outside of it, and there's this. It's one of the largest early big finished casts. Uh, it's worth mentioning. Um, is yeah, it Eleanor Braun in this? What's up? Isn't Eleanor Braun in this? Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, you can't go wrong with anything with Eleanor Braun in it. But what if she picks up a shit script like Lou Guru? But it isn't. That's not shit. <laughs> it's a really it's, solid. It's it's pretty it's, shit. It it kind of runs out of ideas after the first episode. No, it, it doesn't. Really, it kind of does. Has, the stuff with the, the stuff with Turlo in the mirror is, I think, some of the most atmospheric scenes ever done. And it's one of the. This is one of the few stories that makes me like Turlo because I'm going to be honest here. Turlo as a character is one that I I don't like that much. I fucking love Turlo, and I don't know. I, I like the idea of Turlo. I just think like the the TV stuff, which is because I haven't actually listened to a lot of his Big Finish stuff. He doesn't uh, have much Big, big Finish. <laughs> the, and the stuff with Big that he has for Big Finish, he's pretty much exactly the same. So it's not yeah. that different. Like he he, he the, uh, I I would love a full series of Doctor and Turlo adventures, just because he gets so sidelined so much. And Turlo is a good idea for a, a companion. Uh, just never executed very well. And again, the mirror scene in this story is a point, case in point, a great example of how to do how to do a character like Turlo. See, it's really nothing new for me because I've always enjoyed <laughs> Turlo, and I'm like, I I, know, I always know he's capable of this kind of character drama. Uh, so, okay, you're just doing more character drama. I, I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy listening to it. But okay, w- what new water are we treading on? Um, 
Okay then. Uh, I tried. I tried, to, <laughs> I tried to kill the doctor, but now I'm not. Yeah, like I, I mean, like I liked her. Like, he's he's one of the more interesting Fifth Doctor oh, companions. Jacob and I like the stories, and Joey doesn't. Zach, what do you think? Um, Zach, I'll never. It's been a while since I actually listened to this one. I haven't didn't listen to it for the podcast, but from what I remember of it, I thought it was just all right. Oh. That's- I mean, that's just, to, to be honest, that's generally the par with me for with, with Fifth Doctor and Turlo stories overall. Yeah, I mean, I do like Singularity. I think Singularity's pretty good. Um, oh, I, I'd also say this is also a story about sort of growing up. And sort oh, of be- also, Memory Bank and other stories is complete shit. It is the worst main range anthology. I fucking hate that one. Uh, I remember I you were excited to Wait. listen to it too. I was excited. To, uh, there was one good story on it, and I can't remember what it's called. Fuck. Was it the one? Uh, that I think Paul it was Mars. Paul Mars's story, wasn't it? It was Paul well, Mars's well, story. That was the well, good one. Well, it? Well, what was it called? I'm trying to remember. But it was. Been, it's been a while since I listened to that. Um. Here, I'll look it up quick. Memory Bank. Uh, the last fairy tale was Paul Mars's story. No, not yeah, memory. That, yeah, that was oh, that the, that see that one was good uh, actually. But, like but that, that, that one like was that good, one. but there was here wait, there was there was a better one. I'll remember it when I see the title. Um Repeat so Offender. That... Repeat Offender, the Eddie Robson one, that one was really good. But beyond that, I really did not like that anthology. Um Yeah, last I mean last fairy tale was fine. I mean it didn't really leave an impact on me. But anyway, um yeah, Turlo. <laughs> uh and more fucking Barnaby Edwards. Okay, you can't be <sighs> Okay, you can't be mad about early McFinnis reusing actors because they no, they should, Jacob. They're early Big Finish. They just have a complete, completely new cast for every single fucking story. This is unacceptable. I'm just being a cunt. Don't listen to me. Briggsies, but I've this never is my buddy. Because you're all always... know my stories. Well, actually, this would be Gary Russell's money. Uh... <laughs> well, it's also really nice to have a story that's not directed. Because it's it's because this story was directed by Nicholas Pegg. Oh, that that's right, that is right. And because let's be honest, early big finish can start to sound kind of samey after a while because Gary Russell and Briggsy have kind of similar directorial styles. Uh, I'd agree with that, yeah. But also, like, I'd argue that and I'm trying I, I, a bit too hard to be experimental. I'd kind of argue that. Uh, it's I don't I'm curious, Jacob, like why do you focus so much on, on the director of an audio? Um because like, I feel... like, like like I don't get that. Like for me it's like, okay, well as long as you're at least good at it, you know, the, the direction shouldn't really make a difference. Because sometimes there there are subtle things that can make a difference that can, that can make things sound different, like the way things are placed. Um uh, I I don't know. I, I I think as long as you know how to guide your actors, you know, how to how to tell them how everything's going to sound, you know, it, it, it shouldn't really make too much of a difference. Like for me, like I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference between Nick Pegg's uh, directing style with Gary Russell. Like it's, it's just, it's, they're both good at it, I guess, you know, they, all the performances come out fine enough. And, and the sound and, um, and the way that um, the performances like work around what's going to be sound design are fine. But yeah, I, I don't see much of a difference personally. Uh. I gotta agree with Joey on the director thing. That's that's a little weird, Jacob. Yeah, I, never I mean, said like, I wasn't weird. I mean, and really, for me, like, I guess 
for uh, directors only really matter in like newer big finish when when they like really when they start doing uh behind the scenes interviews and all that because you get to hear like their side of it and like what it's like to work on it but like when you're actually listening of course the big finish lunches of course and and when you're listening to the finished product of a big finish audio the direction doesn't really make a difference yeah because yeah he's right yeah yeah I think I've, you can hit. It's more. It's more in subtle differences depending on who's depending on who's yeah. directing. Yeah. I can't quite place a finger on it, but it's there. You. you I, know, I like. Something. Like I don't think Big Finish has ever had a bad director, so to speak. You know. Nah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so sometimes Gary Russell got bad. Cough, scaredy cat. Cough. <sighs> I, I don't think that was bad direction. That was just poorly scripted. Uh, and it was just a stupid story. Yeah. All right, ratings out of 10 for Lou Garou. I'm going to start. I'm going to give it a three. Fuck it. Jacob? Eight. <sighs> Brian? Eight. Zach? Five, just because of math. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> so, um, as per Celestial Podcast tradition, uh, there's only one thing left to do, of course, and that is rank these five stories from worst to best. I'll kick us off. I'm going to uh, go at the very bottom of the list, very, 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 very far down, Luguru, uh, Sword of Orion, Stones of Venice, Minuet in Hell, and, Stor- and Storm Warning at the top. Brian? Give me a sec here. Get Have I've, someone else go. I've got mine. I've got mine. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, at the very bottom, Sword of Orion is just sort of meh. Uh, and... <laughs> sword, sword of meh. <laughs> sword of meh. <laughs> um... And then next to that is Storm Warning. Uh, then... No, wait, no. Next to that is Minion and House. Sorry, I... I was getting, I was getting worried. Then, sorry, uh, Minuet and Hell. But Minuet and Hell is, is a good story. Then Storm Warning and Luguru are about the same place in my mind. And then at the very top, it's Stones of Venice. All right, Zach. All right, very bottom. Minuet in hell, because I do not want to listen to that bullcrap again. I I said I, I said I liked it ironically, but I said like like if ironically for the brigadier. But okay, anyway, anyway just ranking. Then then above that, Sword of Orion. Listen to Cyberman. Then Lugaru. Then Storm Warning. Then Stones of Venice. All right, my turn. Go ahead. So at, at the bottom, I have Minuet in hell. Followed by Sword of Orion, Storm Warning, then Lugaru, and then at the top, Stones of Venice. Explain how Lugaru is better than Storm Warning. No, you don't deserve an explanation. <laughs> I do deserve an explanation. Because much like Ghostlight, it's, it's incredibly bitch, it's my thematically podcast. deep. Because it's much m- like Ghostlight, it is, is incredibly thematically deep. Though, um, and and, alleg- and an alleg- a pretty allegorical story for growing actually, up. Actually, and, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think. A- actually, what, actually, yeah. Think, let, let, let's gang up on Brian. I think um, it's. So, a, I think it's a better character piece than Storm Warning is. Do, so, so Brian, do you think it's a better character piece than, say, Ghostlight? Yes. <laughs> Jacob, what do you have to say about that? We are He's wrong. Our way to the zoo. <laughs> the monkey house is nearly full of room enough for you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you tricked me. This is Perivale. Oh we all of the universe have our own terrorist to face, but I face mine on my own terms. 
Why are you quoting out at each other? Night. <laughs> I hate everything. All right. Um, but time, the villain of Ghostlight is literally covered in cum shots, though. All right, t- uh, fuck. <laughs> time to plug shit. All right, um, uh, Zach, do you have anything you want to plug? I don't know if you actually like. Wait, Joey, did you do your ranking? Well, yeah, yeah I did. I-, I did mine first. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Zach, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Not at the mo- not at the moment. I've been very I've been t- too busy with uni shit. All good. Fair. All at the moment so far. Fair enough, Jacob. Um, the ultimate Doctor Who marathon, as always. Uh, my blog, where I've been going through the EDAs, um, and uh, of course, w- when is this video coming out? Uh, hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, okay, I don't cool. know. So, well, uh, I don't know exactly when. <laughs> will it be before we can? Well, uh, keep an eye out on Joey's channel because we'll it, it, it'll, it'll be sometime this week. It, it'll it'll definitely be before Time Your Life behind the scenes behind the scenes. Because uh, we have Time Your Life behind the scenes probably this Saturday if this is coming out. Uh, yeah, definitely. The next, yeah, definitely. And then the next week we will be doing another casting. So uh, feel free to audition. That is true. That is very true. Um, yeah, Brian. I don't, I don't have anything to plug because everything is very unsure until I know what the deal with Kappa and YouTube is. So, uh, oh yeah, actually, th- I do want to quickly talk about this. I don't know if anyone actually cares to listen to this. Um, uh, the state of Kappa and this YouTube channel. Um, essentially, my stance on it is: if it does go through, I'm not taking any chances, and I'm gonna find a new platform to take all my content to. The content will not change. Um, I'm still gonna keep making videos and making audios as usual. Um, and if Kappa does go through, I am I'm definitely just gonna find another platform for that to go through. And you will definitely see a video about it here before any final decisions are made on my end. Um, I think what I'm gonna do is gonna end up being very similar to what Joey does. Yeah, I think it's all it's all gonna depend on how it goes through and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, it, we it, don't it's, we don't really know very, what because we don't really know what they fucking might happens. Be re- that they're gonna be that they're not gonna be as harsh as we thought they were. But uh, still, I don't know. I still I don't, don't trust know. it, man. Yeah, I, I still don't trust it. Replace replace, um, every, replace every swear word with a clip from Ghostlight. God damn it! <laughs> so, no. Well, no, because that would make it kid friendly, and then all my all any exposure that my channel gets is gonna get fucked. So, come yeah. on, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I hate life. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm gonna finish plugging shit now. Fuck Kappa. Fuck the FTC. I hate you all. All right. Um. Uh, audios, uh, Time of Your Life Behind the Scenes is coming out this Saturday. Um, listen to our cast talk about what it was like to work on the project. We have some really cool clips coming up there. Um, next month, of course, we're casting Warhead. Uh, that, that's going to be really fun. We're going to give it a bit longer than we usually do to cast because, of course, any uh, because of c- uh, complications that we ran into with uh, a couple casting calls in the past. Also, next month, you're going to get your first look at our next audio, Time's Crucible. It's going to be a sneak peek for that. Really exciting stuff. The editing for it is going well. Hitting a couple snags along the way, but it should be fine. Uh, next month, as far as Christmas-related uh, content, I'm doing a, uh, a Christmas special commentary with Brian. That should be really fun. Next month, also, the Love and War audiobook begins. I have a Rise of Skywalker review coming out. 
And of course, new Celestial podcast, the Matt Smith rewatch is continuing. That'll be really fun. So much content coming out next month, and I really need to get working on it. And none of it has started. Hell yeah. Um, so <laughs> and then, uh, of course, like I said, watch out for COPPA updates. And uh, thank you all so much for being on this podcast. Um, it's great to have all three of you. Of course, uh, Brian and Jacob have channels that I will leave linked in the description. You can go check out their content. They're awesome. And, of course, thank you all so much for watching. Uh, until next time, this has been Joey Morgan from Security Kitchen Productions. Goodbye. <laughs>